it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Damian Williams trying to get to the edge. Breaks a tackle, 35, 30. Damian Williams, 20. Stays in bounds. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. And the snap goes high over the head of Big Ben. All the way back to the 2, to the 1. And the Browns have it in the end zone. And they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown. Carl Joseph's got it in the end zone. A touchdown. Derek looks left. Derek going to throw for the end zone. Caught. It is caught. Welcome to the rest stop. It's February 11th, 2021. We are live here in Las Vegas broadcasting the rest up on a Thursday. And we're here every Tuesday and Thursday, nine o'clock Pacific time. Go to twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football or download the Twitch app, Twitch app. Check us out live. And we come to you every Tuesday and Thursday. What's up? Now Chuck in the house on the profile. Got a decent show for you today. Uh, not a ton of sports going on at the moment. But we're going to try to hit you with some entertaining topics as we're just a few days away from Valentine's Day. So uh, I know it's uh, the lover's holiday, but we'll try to make a, a fun twist on it. Maybe get Spencer the Wiz's opinion on some all things Valentine's Day. But we do have sports for you also as Russell Wilson's been in the news in the NFL. Is his days in Seattle numbered? NBA action going on tonight as we get in full effect. I uh, got some other stories for you. Uh, the Gorilla Glue girl uh underwent a procedure uh we'll get a little bit of information about that and then tom brady the goat we've talked about him he's at it again but this time in fashion that we're not accustomed to seeing him in uh a little few back a few drinks back tom brady threw down and then he threw down something else the lombardi trophy and i think we've got some video about that so we'll get into that uh joining me as always spencer ostrowski you can follow him on twitter at spencer the Wiz. I'm your host, Brad Restituto. You can follow me on Twitter at Brad the Believer. But like I said at the beginning, Spencer the Wiz, we're a few days away from Valentine's Day. And uh, I believe you're a single man, Spence. Don't let me speculate if I'm inaccurate. Uh, I have been in a relationship now, uh, really the longest relationship I've ever been in. We're coming on three years. So uh, me and my lovely girlfriend, Amanda, part of her Valentine's Day gift for me, we've been kind of doing this thing called Food Fest February, where we're going to different places to eat around town, helping our local economy, uh, trying to try different places that uh, we have not tried yet. Uh, Spence, in my brief time having a few meals with you and, and talking with you about this, uh, I know you're kind of a traveled man. Talk a little bit about uh, your food interests and you're, you're kind of open to different cuisines. Am I correct on this? Yeah, my uh, my food interest knows no bounds. I've been to Taiwan, or I did the last two summers. Uh, I tried it all: the chicken livers and pork, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, whatever was put in front of me, I ate it. Even this thing called stinky tofu, uh, which a lot of people would probably find repulsive. Octopus. Uh, I don't even know what some of the stuff I ate was. Some fried something, something. 
Uh, but in any case, I just love trying food. I'm willing to try anything once. I used to actually be really picky as a kid, but now it just kind of excites me. I, I love learning about different cultures and food is obviously such a ingrained part of it. So if you're not willing to try anything from a different culture, then I feel like you're shutting yourself off from like 25%, if not like 50% of the experience of what you can see overseas. And even just if you go around the States, obviously there are very specialized stuff uh, all over the place and you never know. You may like it. And that's kind of my mentality. The only thing I really don't like is onions. But even that, I'll try if it if it's important to the dish. Yeah, Justin Numchuk, who's on the chat here, he's no stranger to a good meal. Uh, if you're jo- just joining us, coming up on Valentine's Day, a, a part of my Valentine's Day gift to my girlfriend, uh, we're trying this thing called Food Fest February. Where we're trying different places to eat here around the Vegas Valley uh, for the month of February. And the reason I wanted to bring this up, Spence, is because you'd think during a pandemic and here in Las Vegas locally, where the governor still has restrictions on only 25% capacity at places to eat, it's very tough to even get in anywhere to eat. On Saturday, we called quite a few places and could not get in. They were fully occupied. um, And it's been kind of a challenge to get into a place to eat. So that's frustrating as itself. And I'm wondering when that's going to be lifted because I don't know how businesses can continue to operate, much less profit under these circumstances. It's very tough. It's very challenging, not only for the businesses, but for the people working inside the businesses to make a living under those parameters. Um, But Spence, I'd like to bring up a couple places because you would think, like I said, during this time, in only being 25% capacity, the the service uh, and the quickness and efficiency of the service would be on point. Uh, you would think that would be at the very minimum during this, right? Well, that's not always the case, Spencer the Wiz, is uh, some places still give mediocre service, uh, mediocre everything, which is surprising because with it being as limited capacity and with there being so much competition, uh, you're definitely bound to lose loyal customers, repeat customers. So I want to tell you about a couple of recent experiences and they actually were, they're, they're good ones. So I'm going to throw some praise and, and give some uh, positive uh, feedback to a couple of places here in the Vegas Valley. The first place that we tried, Spence, that we got a reservation for was this past Monday and it's called Legends Oyster Bar. It's here locally in Vegas off of Durango and looking at the menu, uh, it looked great. Visually, Spence, everything looked fantastic. So we got and pulled into the parking lot and it looked like a little hole in the wall place, very small, uh, but they got us seated right away. But I've got to give this place credit, Spence. They were on point. The presentation of the food, the food quality was just A+. And my girlfriend, Amanda, is not the biggest, uh, she's not the biggest seafood fan, but she was extremely happy. She was craving shrimp cocktail. We got a shrimp cocktail and we also got some soup. And then we went, she got like the uh, pineapple salmon and I got the, the pan roast. And it was awesome. It was awesome. She loved it. I loved it. And the food quality was just A+. plus. I was very happy and we will be back. So now moving into today, today Spence, right by my apartment, uh, she said she was kind of in craving Mexican a little bit or we had talked about it at some point. So we went to a place called Casa Don Juan right by my apartment here in the Vegas Valley. And again, Uh, They were very friendly, taking our reservation. Uh, They were very prompt. There was a waiter and like a server assistant, and they were just on point. We ordered some fajitas. The food was great, great, but the service was A+. And and Spence, it just gets me to customer service in general during the time of a pandemic. Like, what is the expectation level of the consumer in in this type of uh, landscape? And what is too high of expectations? What is normal, adequate expectations? And where is the in-between? With this situation, I feel like people should be very gracious and grateful for any type of business they're getting during this time where people are not knowing if they want to, uh, you know, what they want to do. And so for people to kind of drop the ball when it comes to customer service, I mean, I don't see how it could happen in a time like this. Uh, yeah, uh, that's definitely understandable. But uh, I don't know. It's just you never really know what someone's going through in any part of their day. That's kind of how I always look at it. So they may seem like a despicable person just here and like at all point in time. But uh, 
I don't know, like maybe they got some really bad news. Maybe their car broke down and they're, you know, struggling for cash or something and they just kind of reciprocate that at work. I'm not saying that that's like necessarily what people should be doing, but I think if you're more understanding than not, then I think it'll usually come out on top for you. And you usually feel better being the nice person in the situation when you're not getting what you want. All right, Spence, we'll we'll transition out of uh, my dining escapades for the month of February. Uh, but, but Spence, do you have any Valentine's Day horror stories or anything that you've heard on the flip end that is just like something disastrous, a disastrous proposal or something like that on Valentine's Day that you could, you could share with the, uh, the listeners here tonight? Gosh, uh, I, I've always been in like really super serious uh, relationships on Valentine's Day. I don't know if I could ever speak back to one that something horrible did happen to me. This will probably be like the first Valentine's day where I'm not in that situation. And and that's a very good thing. Uh, but you know, you, you see like when you go out on dates, it's really kind of fun when you're in a serious relationship to look at other people's dates because you know, Valentine's day is a lot of the times the first, per, first time people meet up or maybe they're in a new relationship and you can see uh, people's body language and how nervous they are or how uninterested people are. Uh, in the in the age of like phones and stuff, it, it becomes a lot easier to read people because if they're, you know, constantly looking or uh, I don't know, people just look uncomfortable. And a lot of times people's comfort zone is their phones, unfortunately. So it's kind of fun to look at uh, when you go to an Olive Garden on Valentine's Day to see, you know, how good or bad people's times they're having. Yeah. Brian Bravo. We know Casa de Bravo will be uh, rearing and ready to go with tequila and Bravo loves any talk of uh, Mexican food or Mexican anything because you know when you're talking Mexico tequila is not far behind uh, so Bravo we want to know what you're going to be doing for Valentine's Day will you make it the entire evening without passing out uh, you did win the prop on the Super Bowl you made it past halftime uh, Jen your girlfriend did t- did message us and let us know that you did not pass out until the fourth quarter. So congratulations to Brian Bravo on his prop bet winner. And uh, Bravo is supposed to be making it back out to Las Vegas sometime soon. So we're, we're hoping that happens. So uh, baby Yoda in the background of Spencer's uh, uh, thing there. And, um, and Brian Bravo himself will be here in the flesh here in Las Vegas. And uh, we can – kind of all gather around and, and watch the train wreck that is Brian Bravo in person. Uh, and <laughs> yes, uh, we, we are live here on twitch.tv every Tuesday and Thursday, nine o'clock Pacific time. Also on my personal Facebook page, Brad Restituto and on Twitter at Brad, the believer is my Twitter handle. We go live on those platforms as well. Every Tuesday and Thursday, nine o'clock Pacific time. If you miss us live, you can check out the podcast version of the, of the show at uh, Landry Football Conference Call on any podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, and then search the rest stop underneath there. Spence, other issues in the news this week, we'll, we'll get into it. The Gorilla Glue Girl. Um, what what the hell is going on here? This girl's got $20,000 in GoFundMe. Um, Spence, fill me in on this story. Is this like a spray? She thought this was hairspray, got it in her hair, couldn't get it out. Next thing you know, She's in, in the emergency room getting surgery and has got 20K in a GoFundMe. I've got people on my Facebook uh, timeline just outraged because uh, they're homeless. They have no food. They have no friends. And this girl's getting $20,000 for being a jackass. What the hell's going on here, Spencer the Woods? Uh, I think, oh gosh, there's a lot wrong here uh, to all of it. But I think she used a hair gel from what I understand that said the name glue in it. Uh, how she got a hold of this, and I, I obviously she didn't buy it on purpose to do this, but I guess in her mind, like glue is, oh gosh, it's like hurts me to even speak about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to pull up the video here because it shows it for a brief second. So, um, but the whole GoFundMe thing, that's that's where it gets taken too far. You know, obviously she's gonna have to get surgery because it's a very serious thing. You can't, you know, have gorilla glue in your hair. It's not meant for human consumption. Or like anywhere on your body, who is giving up money to this girl for this? I mean, she inflicted it upon herself. You got to hope that she has like health insurance of some sort. She's a forty-year-old woman. Uh, if this was a kid, okay, maybe. But this is a grown adult person who had to have known that Gorilla Glue is not meant for your hair. And even if it's not, that it's going to be 
like Gorilla Tape in and of itself. I don't know if you ever used that. I mean, it's so rough. Like you can, you do not want to have your hand even touch the Gorilla Tape because it'll like almost rip your skin off. I can't imagine what Gorilla Glue does to anything that it's put on top of. And Spence, I'm pretty positive that all these products have disclaimers on them on places and things not to use them on. I mean, this girl has no, is this the actual video of her doing this? Yeah, no, this is it. She's putting Gorilla Glue in her hair. You can. <laughs> that much? Yes. Because she's. Stop. Th- <laughs> well, her it hair was- is going to be in place. I wonder if, it, I guess it would probably start hurting her. Like when you, I don't know. There's so much this, wrong no, with this. This. Is, this is really what's hap- is what's happening right now. So at what point does she realize that, uh, well, it looks like she's got it all out there. So what's the problem? No, no, that, 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 that was stuck on her head. I mean, that was starting to settle in. I mean, she tried to like brush, brush off the excess and just like, oh, see, my hair is in place now. She, I don't know if she must have been live streaming the way she was like looking at the camera and stuff like that. Uh, but the fact that something like this can even happen, it is proof that oh social God. media was a massive mistake. She went through a whole work day with this on. I, okay, here's my thing. She She's going to try to file a lawsuit. That She's got no legs with this lawsuit. I mean, they put disclaimers on that. Am I, am I right, Spence? Is there any way that she has any chance in hell of winning a lawsuit against Gorilla Glue? Yeah, so we were talking about this for the show. I, I think a lot of people are going to decide to say that there's some sort of like precedent for this, like the McDonald's coffee case, the very, very famous one. Uh, but the thing that... The, the thing that most people don't know about that case actually is McDonald's at that point in time had been making their coffee way too hot, like excessively hot for a very long time. And it was actually a major issue. Uh, so that case in and of itself was, I think it's called like punitive damages or something like that, or it's like a deterrent. So it was basically the law's way of saying like, hey, don't do, make your coffee this hot anymore. Even though on the outside, it seems like, yes, coffee is hot. This is not the case. Like people know what Gorilla Glue is about. I'm a... I, there has to be some sort of disclaimer on the bottle and like what it's used for. So I I think this will get thrown out, but I've also heard rumors that that's not even true. Like she just got a lawyer, but I'm sure it's like a frivolous lawsuit. They'll just throw it away and she'll just have to deal with it. But she did get $20,000 out of it. So she might as well have sued and won. Well, hopefully she's smart enough to bank this 20,000 and not use it on on legal fees, which she's going to probably like end up getting nothing out of because I don't think this lawsuit has legs um, like we talked about. Uh, she's going to be the reason they put a don't put on hair disclaimer. I, I can't believe there's already not a disclaimer of not putting it in certain areas. That would be a shock to me. Um, she, she's, But she's going to have to pony up a lot of coin to get a decent lawyer that has any chance. So that 20K is going to be going to legal fees, Spencer DeWitz. Yeah, uh, and someone actually already did her surgery for free. I, I read in an article. So she could literally just use that $20,000 and pocket it. It's also GoFundMe is one of the craziest sites, I think, in existence. I think it's like the third biggest provider of healthcare in the United States because a lot of people put their surgeries up there. And I just wish that people wouldn't put their money towards this surgery specifically, being that she got it for free as well. That That's crazy. That is so crazy that this happened. This is an, an insane story. Um, and I don't know. This is how does it get legs so fast, Spence? How does this spread? like wildfire did she have a big following on social media to your knowledge uh i know nothing about her but the thing i don't know i I just think the thing is that people love when people don't do dumb stuff like this like i saw some guy do like vape a uh, what the tide pod and like of course like that is not very healthy for you as well but because a tide pod yeah like he put it in the little vape container and he smoked it so eating those are bad, and I can't imagine inhaling it is much better for you. So the internet knows no bounds, but when like the fact that nobody else in the world would do this, and the fact that she did, it, I think is what makes it so important. Like if anyone, if you saw that, like if someone sent that to you, or you saw it live from like one of your friends from high school doing that, you'd probably share it too. That's my guess is what happened. That's true. I mean, I guess I guess with this day of the internet, Spence. I mean, anything with enough shares can just spread so fast. I mean. How this got legs in 72 hours and now she's got 20K and probably growing in this GoFundMe is insane to me. Yeah, it, it's proof that uh, we we are not where we need to be as a society. That's so, probably the best way to put it. So, Spence, and some other surprising news, sports related here. After uh, his Super Bowl MVP, his seventh Super Bowl title in 10 appearances, quarterback Tom Brady and some of his teammates 
certainly enjoyed the day after the Super Bowl as it looked like they were out on the water and they had quite the time as Tom Brady stumbled around after having quite a few, what he mentioned in, on Twitter, uh, avocado tequila shots, which Bravo, if you have not tried those yet, uh, that should be on your short list. You are a big tequila connoisseur. So to try one of Tom Brady's avocado tequila shots maybe should be on your list, Brian Bravo. But uh, Tom Brady had a few of those. And Spence, uh, what, what I thought was kind of a ballsy move, looked like he was on a moving boat and chucking the Lombardi trophy. Spence, do we have video of this? Yep. This trophy, we'll see here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> they got it. <laughs> that was the most important catch of the season right there. Spence, we've got to play this again. Do you see Brady covering his face? He's he's clearly inebriated in the, at this point in time. And a clear, I mean, to have the guts to toss a Lombardi trophy on a moving boat, that takes some serious balls. Brady certainly was feeling himself with the liquor. Let's play this one more time, Spence. This trophy, we'll see here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they got it. <laughs> that was the most important catch of the season right there. Spence, no social distancing in the middle of a pandemic. Everybody without <laughs> masks, feeling themselves. I mean, this is a hell of a completion, though, by Brady. I mean, this may be uh, the most important one of the entire year for them to pull that off. Spence, I'm a little surprised that they pulled that off, making it look so easy. Those boats were moving. Yeah. So, yeah, he obviously was inebriated, but to that I'll say he at least did, like, you know, wind himself up. He was getting a feel for it before he did it. He didn't do it cold turkey. So, but he is Tom Brady, and I, I don't think anyone else in the world uh, could make a throw like that. It was pretty perfect. Obviously, you got to make the catch. Uh, he had that that nice little connection with his tight end there. Uh, they've probably been doing that all season, and plus, you just can't drop it. But the fact that there's so much alcohol involved uh, is a little scary. And yes, this is a pandemic, so it, you, you kind of hate to see that, but at least they were having fun. They, they looked like they were all teammates. So, I mean, if, if they can go practice on the field like yesterday or two days ago, whatever the whatever the Super Bowl was, I think they could be okay on a private boat. It's not like they're out in public, you know, just hanging out with the people. Uh, so I, I think we got to give them a break a little bit. But, I mean, it takes a lot of guts to throw the Lombardi trophy. That that goes without say. Spence, I would say it's very rare that Tom Brady lets us behind the curtain and exposes his vulnerability in a way that's not the disciplined, all focus on football Tom Brady, even in his Patriots victories. I don't think publicly we've seen this side of Tom Brady. It's kind of cool, kind of refreshing. It's very surprising to me that he was letting this all out. Could this be something where he's hanging with Gronk a little longer than normal? He's off of his regimen, his routine, and he kind of gets comfortable with this and he, he likes it a little more than he thought. I mean, this is very un-Brady-like in a public eye. In the public eye, sure. But it's nice to know that he's a human being, at least. I mean, this was the guy that was like lived behind closed curtains for so long, didn't eat certain kinds of fruit, you know, very uninviting. So the fact that he does, uh, you know, ha know how to go out in a boat and just toss a few back is, is pretty cool. I think that like he cares so much about his public figure as much as LeBron does. Like they want everything that they do to be scripted or at least, you know, posed in a certain light. So this was... I mean, I don't know if he he had to have known there were cameras there. So the fact that he did this, I think he just wanted to show that he was one of the boys, too. And he's not this strange alien guy who kisses his son all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, it's 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 wild. We, we rarely see Tom Brady like this. Gronk, of course, is no stranger to having a good time. Um, he was healthy during the Super Bowl and partying afterwards. So, look. The Bucs have got to be feeling great after this win against Kansas City, and I, I don't give anybody a hard time for enjoying themselves the way that they wanted to uh, for, for this victory. It was a hell of a victory, and, and they're on Tampa Bay. Uh, you've got the water. The weather's nice, so why not just cut loose a little bit and enjoy it? Uh, it's always short-lived, Spence, because we know the football offseason isn't very long before they've got to dial it back in and get ready for OTAs in the 2021 season, so – Kudos to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, for a Super Bowl 55 victory in their home stadium, Raymond James Stadium, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Spence, a little more football news kind of coming down. The news wire this week is some of Russell Wilson's comments. The Seattle Seahawks quarterback, 
uh, was on the Dan Patrick show earlier this week, kind of talking about how he was hoping to have more investment into the decision-making of what's going on in Seattle. Uh, the offensive line has not played up to his liking. Clearly, Russell Wilson, a franchise quarterback, kind of took a dive as far as his productivity towards the end of this last season. Spence, if we've got some audio for Russell Wilson, some of his comments this week, let's fire that up. How much input should the quarterback have in organizational moves? Veteran quarterback. Yeah, I think it depends on who it is. You know, I think. Well, how about you? Know. How much do you have any say in what Seattle does offensively with free agents or draft draft picks? Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that it's a, uh, you know, I, I think that ultimately. For me personally, I, you know, I think that I want to be able to ha be involved because at the end of the day, it's your legacy. It's your team's legacy. It's, you know, it's the guys you get to go into the huddle with. And at the end of the day, those guys, you got to trust, you know, when you think about, you know, one of the reasons why Tom went to Tampa was because he, he felt like he could trust those guys and Bruce was going to give him the opportunity. I think, I think for, you know, every situation, you have to be able to go into a situation, you know, you think about guys like LeBron, he was able to, you know, be around great players that he can trust. I think for, for me, you know, uh, anytime you bring free agents in, you know, other players, you want the best players, guys who love the game. Spencer the Wiz, um, should we continue off of that or do, or do you want to discuss what you just heard there for a minute? Yeah, we can we can go off of that one first. This guy is so smug. That's kind of like my takeaway from this first one, uh, comparing himself to LeBron. I think he even said something about Tom Brady. So he views himself up there. Uh, he does have a title, so you can't take that away from him. But he was not very good this season, and he has the weapons to do it. Uh, it's not like he. Well, Spence, I got to interrupt you. He wasn't very good in the latter half of the season. We were talking MVP at the first half. True. So towards the end of the season, but get, continue with your thought. I'm not saying that he's bad at all. He's still one of the top five, top ten quarterbacks in the league, like no doubt whatsoever. But I don't know when you say like you want to be around greatness and stuff. You're just kind of saying whoever's my teammate now. Like there's, you know, what I'm saying is like. There's a short list of you guys who I trust, and then I wish I could have the personnel for everything else. Like that's kind of how I felt about his little comments there. Yeah, this is tough, Spence, because I'm a big Russell Wilson fan, and, and it's hard for me to really uh, critique somebody who I put in such high regard as far as his ability at the position and his leadership skills. Um, but let's let's talk. Let's compare the Deshaun Watson situation. I mean. Deshaun wanted a little bit of input and at least be involved in the conversation with the Houston Texans on their next move. His organization lied to him about uh, making him a part of that conversation, and now he'll probably never suit up as a Houston Texan ever again. So at what point uh, is it? are we okay having these guys in the conversation? What right does the, the quarterback of a football team have to be in this conversation? And and what what point do we criticize them for for thinking uh, that you know they have too much sway or too much pull or have too much expectation in, in this process that is something that they have upper management hired to do. Yeah, it's a thin, thin line on who you should trust. LeBron James has done it his entire career, getting coaches fired, get, signing certain free agents. Tom Brady, we don't really know the answer to that question. He hasn't come out and said something like that. And he certainly doesn't have the moniker of LeBron James when it comes to player and uh, player personnel. But it can also go drastically long, no matter if it's your star player or not. James Harden reportedly had say on all the free agents that happened in Houston. So the fact that he said that there's nothing I can do when he was the one who played in that team and uh, the one who like, got guys to there. I don't know. I mean, that comes up to like the franchise trust. Russell Wilson has been there a long time. At least you can maybe bounce some stuff off of him. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to say no, I, even though, I mean, your quarterback really should just, it's, it sounds like I'm saying shut up and dribble. It's not really like that at all, but they're players and they're not GMs. Like that's what it comes down to. You have different jobs for a reason. And LeBron has been criticized his entire career for the way like he forces personnel out. So if you want to like ask someone's opinion, that's something. But as long as they're not disappointed when you don't go like when you go against it, then I think that's okay. Yeah, I, I think you're pretty spot on, Spence, with the fine line between, uh, you know, having your star quarterback have input and then it, it kind of crossing the line into having too much uh, expectation or or too much entitlement per se. 
for the player. But I do think in a situation like Russell Wilson, like Deshaun Watson, where you have a franchise quarterback to at least placate and have an open dialogue, I think there's nothing wrong with that. But at least be a person of your word. It looks like the Houston Texans in their situation uh, totally did not live up to what they told Deshaun Watson and were not true to their word. And I think that's where you have a problem. I don't see there being too much of a problem with with front office and ownership being more transparent when it comes to star players. I don't think you have to hide things from them and and feel like you're accomplishing something. I think these guys are all adults. And if you can't have an adult conversation with guys and be transparent when it comes to free agent acquisitions, possible trade opportunities, I I know you don't want to bring – and egos are fragile, Spence, and you don't want to necessarily bring your star player in and say, hey, look, you're on the trade block. I just thought you should know. But I think that's the art of communication, Spence. Can you have an adult conversation and articulate it in a way to your players where they understand that there's a business side and also understand if the trade doesn't work out and you're still a part of this team, we fully anticipate and expect uh, you to be the leader. I mean, I know it's got to be tough on the ego, but I think there's ways to articulate these type of things and still be transparent. Well, the thing, the problem is that there are some man childs in the NFL and in the NBA too. I mean, you want to go back to the Anthony Davis trade with Lonzo Ball and all of them. Uh, people are chanting in the crowd about the trade and stuff like that, and it gets to them. And some of them play really upset, and they make backwards comments. Look, in a perfect world, yeah, you can communicate with the players. Hey, we're looking to shop you, but sometimes it's just not that easy. It's not always going to happen so gracefully. These these guys get paid millions and millions of dollars to play, uh, you know, around with a circular ball or an oval-shaped one, whatever the case may be, and uh, it goes straight to their head, and they find they look at themselves on another, like, level above the rest of us. And, you know, when people treat you differently and you have that much money, when you have that much money, you, you might start acting a little differently. I don't know, but... Yeah, it's you're just gonna have to deal with it. There's nothing you can do about it. Suspense. So that leads me into into this next question slash comment with Russell Wilson coming publicly and talking about him wanting more input. Did these rumblings have any effect? Are the Seahawks taking calls on Russell Wilson? If you remember, just a few years ago before he signed his extension, he was talking about and there were rumblings about him maybe going elsewhere. Is there any chance that Seattle entertains conversation about a trade for Russell Wilson, or is there any chance in the next three years even Russell Wilson suits up as a quarterback of a different franchise? Yeah, well, let's hear from his opinion because I, I did clip a part where he talks about potentially being traded, so I guess we can go off that. Right, what do you do make it. of uh, CBS Jason Lock and Forrest saying that Seattle had gotten you know calls for uh, possible you know uh, trade talks with you? Do you believe that? that does Seattle has gotten calls. Yeah, I definitely believe they've gotten calls for sure. I think, I think that, uh, you know, I think anytime you're, um, you know, you know, uh, a player that, you know, tries to produce every week and has done it for, you know, consistently, I think people are going to call for sure. And I think it's part of the process. Yeah. But you're a franchise quarterback. You're a hall of fame quarterback. You're not available. Are you? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm available or not. That's a, that's a Seahawks <laughs> question, but I think also, I think more than anything else is, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, you, you want to win. You know, I play this game every day to wake up to win. You play this game, you know, to to be the best in the world. You know, I you know what I hate? I hate sitting there watching other guys play the game. <laughs> it's nothing worse. By the way, you, you looked know, miserable hate, at the Super Bowl watching yeah, the game. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a picture of Sierra and Roger talking. I'm sitting there just, well, I'm watching this game, like, you know, wishing that I was in there uh, playing. Uh, so, you know, I think that – um I think that, you know, ultimately you, you watch the games and, you, you know, you want to do everything you can to be there. That's why we play this game, you know. And so I think that part of it is really key. And I think that, you know, the reality of, of professional sports is, you know, things happen, things change. I, you know, you know, I'm not sure, you know, how, how long I'll play in Seattle. I think hopefully hopefully it was going to be, you know, be forever, you know. But things change, obviously, along the way. And I think that um, you, you focus on what you can control every day and try to be the best version of yourself and, you know, ultimately try to win championships. And I think that's – um, you know, that's why I play this game. Uh, Spencer, the Wiz, I don't know if you know the answer to this question off the top of your head uh, or if you can look it up while we're having the discussion, but I believe Russell Wilson's been seven years in the league. Uh, I don't know that for sure. Maybe you could find out, but he's been to two Super Bowls. He's won one. 
And the Seahawks, I believe, have been to the playoffs, if not every year in his career, at least 90% of the time. So he talks about winning. This guy has certainly changed the culture in Seattle to a winning franchise. I know they've won a little bit before his arrival, but they've won consistently since he's been the quarterback there. So um, I know he, of course, every competitor, especially on this level, on the professional level, they want to be playing in important games towards the end of the season. Seattle certainly has had that opportunity almost every year with Russell Wilson as the quarterback, Spence. Yeah, gosh, I don't know. His comments are so, like, walking the line for me. Like, that's not the politically correct answer. I think we can both agree on that. To yeah. say, like, the, the right answer would be, I don't think so. I would love to stay with this team forever. But he's like, meh, I don't know. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Uh, so clearly he has a very uh, me attitude, I think. Like, I feel like he's – it's like 1A and 1B is me and the team. He doesn't see one as more important than the other, but obviously he's looking out for himself a little bit there, and he's not willing to dismiss the rumors. But we know they've gotten calls. But it's just weird to hear a player talk about it so transparently, I think. Yeah, I think that's certainly rare. So my next question to you, Spencer, is if you're a Minnesota Vikings, if you're a uh, Las Vegas Raiders – if you're in New Orleans Saints, Chicago Bears, and Seattle's open to the conversation, what do you give up for Russell Wilson? I personally, I love Russell Wilson. To me, he's a top three, top five quarterback. I would give up whatever people are asking for Deshaun Watson. What do you think could be the going rate if Seattle is serious about taking these phone calls on Russell Wilson? And what teams do you think would put themselves – in a title conversation with just that acquisition. Yeah, that's hmm. There's there's got to be a few. Uh, Chicago, right. I think, probably be. A, when we talk about like a quarterback away, Chicago is always in that conversation. Uh, the Colts, of course, would probably be like Super Bowl favorites with Russell Wilson, with just how complete their team is. Yeah. The 49ers would definitely be Super Bowl favorites if they had him, being that they were just there in the last year, it was just they had injuries at every position. In terms of his value, it's it's going to be a lot. He's he's more valuable than Jared Goff, or not Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, of course. So, like, the, if the going rate for him is two first-round picks, okay, well, you're at least talking about three and a player on the way back. So, gosh, is he more valuable than three first-round picks? Would you be willing to give up three first-round picks for Jared, for uh, Russell Wilson? Probably, because one of those three picks that you're we're talking about for any of these teams we're going to – will most likely go to a quarterback. So are you going to draft a quarterback better than Russell Wilson? Maybe. Uh, that's that's a pretty tall task. It's not like the Russell Wilson-like talent comes in every single year. And if it does, the chances of you picking the correct guy, no matter how much scouting you do, is has to be even lower. I, like if you have to give up three first-round picks and maybe like your best defensive player, I'd at least consider it for one of those three teams that I just talked about. Yeah, I, I, I think there's less than a 10% chance, Spence, that Russell Wilson plays quarterback for any other team besides the Seattle Seahawks in the next three years. I'd be shocked. Uh, to me, it'd be the blockbuster trade of the offseason, bigger than any Goff, Stafford, Wentz, Watson. This would totally trump that, in my opinion. I, I think it'd be uh, one of the trades of the decade. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, but, of course, we've always got to find conversation during the NFL offseason. And Russell Wilson, like you said, Spence, he's been more transparent in, in the clips we just saw, and that was brought to you by the Dan Patrick Show, uh, which is broadcast on Peacock and, and NBC affiliate as far as streaming goes. But, yeah, he, he's never usually that transparent and open about the discussion that he had. So that's a little bit surprising. But this is the day and age we're in, Spence, and we I don't know if a lot of us keep forgetting when they're in the middle of a pandemic – uh, but it's definitely more the platform is more open for people to speak their mind as we certainly have uh, quite a bit more time on our hands than, than we're used to as we're dis discussing, especially here in Las Vegas with the lower capacity of seating and restaurants. And it, it's still it's just it's kind of a task on its own uh, to be out in public and, and the kind of tediousness of continuing to wear masks everywhere and the uncomfortability. Uh, it's still probably best if you can to stay home until we can find a way through this, even though it's not really happening and the type of effect that we'd like to see is I, as when I'm out of the house, I see places and parking lots packed every single day. Spencer, the Wiz, 
Spencer Ostrovsky. You can follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. And also make sure to check out some of the other work that Spencer does here around town. He has a sports show live Friday nights here locally in Las Vegas on KSHP 1400 called Delivering Sports. Also Spencer's uh, YouTube channel, Blue Milk Boys Gaming. Spence, just talk briefly about some of the stuff you're working on here in Vegas and all of the projects you're involved in here. Give yourself a little plug. Yeah, so I, I do have the Delivering Sports. Sorry, I like totally buzzed out there for a second because my internet. But uh, I do have the Delivering Sports show, which is really awesome. Uh, it's it's a dream come true to have like a, just an hour to talk on the radio uh, just for practice more than anything. Of course, I don't think I'm the biggest show in Las Vegas, but that's not really uh, the ultimate goal. I also have uh, my channel, Blue Milk Boys Gaming. I do a lot of uh, trading card content. I'm trying to diversify. And uh, the main Blue Milk Boys channel is going to have a lot of content coming soon uh, about like anime. So if you like anime, uh, you can go check that out. Uh, some movies and stuff. I love movies. I'm actually on a James Bond marathon right now. I'm 17 movies through. I'm ranking all of them, getting ready for uh, the last Daniel Craig movie to come out. Uh, but gosh, you're so on to <laughs> produce for other shows. But those are the two main things that I go for. And I also have my own app. If you guys want to check it out, it's called iRollPlay. You can find it only on the Apple Store, unfortunately. I'm trying to expand there. But uh, yeah, I started that project about two years ago. Spencer the Wiz, this is breaking news. I didn't even know Spencer the Wiz has his own app. We have to discuss this later, Spencer. It's great stuff from Spencer the Wiz. Uh, I'm Brad Restituto. You can follow me on the social media platforms at Brad the Believer. Spence, you mentioned uh, your love for movies, and you're involved in the James Bond series right now. Uh, I, myself and my girlfriend, we are have gotten hooked on a Netflix, a show that's on Netflix but also broadcast on uh, regular television it's called the blacklist have you heard of the blacklist i've heard of it but i have no idea what it's about okay well uh briefly it, it, it's about a guy that was on the fbi's most wanted list for over 20 years he turns himself in to, to work as only to to futurely be used as a confidential informant for the fbi and he leads them to cases to figure out and it's kind of like blacklist cases, but he kind of has an ulterior motive involved in this, his own kind of personal benefits that involve some crime activity still, but also helping the FBI. But he'll only do it under the circumstances of working with this certain FBI agent. Her name's Elizabeth. Uh, and of course, there's a backstory about what this relationship is between the uh, CI, the FBI fugitive that turned himself in that's now an informant for the fbi and this fbi agent so it gets into the backstory of what their relationship is and all of the family possible ties and then of course the crime activity and i believe the show the broadcast live on friday nights on nbc and it's in season eight but on netflix there's only seven seasons so we're on the seventh season now as we've been watching it now for a couple months and i gotta say spence it is uh it is quite entertaining um, and I know you're a busy guy. You certainly don't have the time to catch up on six or seven seasons worth of shows. But uh, no telling where this pandemic will continue to take us as time goes on. So if you ever find yourself with too much time on your hands and you want to binge something, my suggestion is the blacklist, Spencer the Wiz. Yeah, uh, I'll definitely check it out if I get a chance. Uh, it's just crazy to me, like during all of this, like how much media has changed. You know, movies are coming out on HBO Max and the movie theaters at the same time. And it's sad to think that my generation or I, I mean, you can blame COVID, too, is going to be the reason in the future that movie theaters don't exist. Uh, to me, the way I compare it, I, I feel like it's uh, like the newspaper. I know there's still like a newspaper technically, but it's a dying industry. Like eventually newspapers won't exist. It'll go all digital, in my opinion, at least. Uh, so I think movie theaters will be my generation of the version of newspapers. And just growing up, I would have never thought that that would eventually be obsolete, that at some point uh, in time, the only way to consume movies will be from the comfort of your home. Spence, and to me, that's heartbreaking because the movie theater experience is really, it's a, like a family type experience, a fun experience. And even though it's its kind of outdated, people still like that feel of going to a movie theater. But I think, especially with what's going on now, you're exactly right. I think there's an opportunity where movie theaters will be obsolete. And that sucks. I think it sucks. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I like to go to the movies I like the experience, even though it's gotten pricey over the years. It's still it's still fun for me, and I think a lot of people feel the same way. Uh, but going here around town and seeing movie theaters close, nice ones too, it's almost like a foregone conclusion, Spence, that that's what's going to happen, especially during the 
especially in this landscape of all these masks and social distancing, movie theaters are all but done. And to me, it's very heartbreaking. It is. I love cinema. So it's, uh, you, I make content. So obviously there's a little bit of a overlap there. would love to work on a movie set someday. And I'm sitting next to me, my Dr. No poster, my Star Wars uh, episode four poster here. There's a bit of an art to it uh, and presentation style. Uh, the uh, Oscars are obviously trying to fight back a little against it a little bit too. Like they refuse to, p- they refuse to put a lot of uh, of those streaming movies on like up for nominees. I think the Oscars is a massive joke. I think that's another reason why the movie industry is dying because they can't garner people's attention for who like movies. Uh, it's just something that you're gonna have to deal with. Uh, you know, as time moves on, so does life changes, and that's just gonna be a big one that I'm just the most disappointed about. Uh, it looks like some more breaking news here as Brian Bravo has announced that he saw the first Star Wars movie in the theater in 1977. Bravo, do you have any video proof, any evidence that this is a fact? Because I don't know if, if we're believing this just by your words. Um, uh, and Bra- Brian Bravo also very disappointed that there's no more movie theaters as he loved to fill his Pepsi cup with tequila anytime he went to the movies. Uh, so it's very unfortunate for Brian Bravo. But I will say here in Vegas, Spence, I, I've seen a couple drive through movies that have trying to kind of come back drive through spots. So that's something I, I would love to see a, a few business people, entrepreneurs take a risk and kind of maybe try and start up the drive through movie. Because with social distancing and in the pandemic, I think that's something that could gather some legs, Spence. It is, but it to me, it's not the same. Like being at like I, when I saw uh, the first Star Wars movie that came back, which is what episode nine, I guess four. Five, uh, I, I can't think of it now, but uh, it's awesome. It was cool to be in the theater with everybody. Like the first time on Solo comes on the screen, all the classic characters they have people cheer. I know that annoys some people, and that's understandable. And to some extent, I saw the Equalizer and some of the most annoying people people ever were in the theater. So it's kind of hit or miss. But most of the time, it's cool to have a shared collective uh, experience with people when it comes to the movie theaters and seeing something that everyone's been looking forward to. Spence, as uh, we're coming down the home stretch of tonight's show, uh, let's finish it up with some NBA. We'll kind of review what happened tonight and we'll give you some games for tomorrow. Um, Spence, it just went going final here in the last 15 minutes or so. In Portland, the Trailblazers take on the Sixers and they get the victory 118-114. I know that's a little disappointing news for you, Spence, as you were on the the Sixers tonight. Yeah, I just thought, uh, I think the 76ers are the third-ranked defense in the NBA. And usually when Portland comes face-to-face with the stout defense, they obviously are one of the worst defensive teams in the league, just personnel-wise. Yannis Cantor should have been cooked all, all night by Embiid. But as I was watching the game, he was getting a bunch of offensive rebounds and Portland just hasn't even been that good recently. And Philly, I guess I'm going to have to reevaluate them at least in a month. I may not go heavy on them unless there's like a very specific matchup that I like because they had the easiest schedule in the entire NBA. Now is it their fault that they won all those games and they have one of the best records in the NBA? Of course not. They took care of business. Uh, not every team does that. Uh, we'll see when they start facing better and better competition if they're able to keep that consistency. I do not expect them to be in the top two at the end of the season when it comes to the win-loss record. Uh, so I'll just have to, you know, gauge my interest on how good they can be on a night-to-night basis. They definitely should have won this game by more than six points. The Blazers outscore the Sixers, Spence, 29-21 in the fourth quarter, and Damian Lillard led the way for Portland, scoring 30 points and adding seven assists to that one. The Houston Rockets, Spence, we talked about them a little bit on this show in the past. They fall three games under 500 to 11 and 14 on the season. The Miami Heat getting the win column. They win 101-94. Jimmy Butler, a triple-double with 27 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists for the Heat. Uh, yeah, so Houston is a great team to bet against right now. Well, I'll describe how my feelings are because I've won two games already off of them. Christian Wood was out, and then Eric Gordon was out uh, as well in that Hornets game. Easiest line of – it was like a three-point spread. So that was the easiest line of the whole season. I have no idea what the casinos were thinking. It was literally just free money. Uh, but without Christian Wood, they're going to struggle mightily. This is someone who was adding like 25 points and 10-plus rebounds a night for them. Outside of just everything he did for the team, attention-wise and spreading the floor at the center position. Uh, so And then Eric Warren gets rested every once in a while. John Wall played okay tonight. I watched a lot of that game. But very timely turnovers. I know I said I actually really liked the comments he had with James Harden when he was leaving the team, talking about how it was his team, his guys in the locker room. 
Uh, but he still has a lot of growing up to do. Don't let that fool you. Uh, those two turnovers and the way he looked at his teammates, he almost looked disgusted. Like, hey, why are you not at half court, like towards the edge? He, one of the turnovers he had was terrible. He just threw the ball away at the sideline. Instead of looking mad at himself, uh, you know, he blamed his teammates. And they had a horrific turnover uh, when they were down, I think, five. They brought the ball down the court and got double teamed and he got stripped. He yelled at the referee, take it on yourself, man, because you're putting yourself in a very disadvantageous place sometimes. Uh, so we'll see if he can develop like that and actually become the franchise guy instead of just doing it on front of a microphone. Spence, the Boston Celtics at home tonight, they get a 120-106 victory over the Toronto Raptors. And Spence, a guy that we have not talked about in the rookie of the year conversation, but is starting to gather some legs and really build uh, his stock. Peyton Pritchard, the Oregon product, had 20 points tonight, 6 of 8 from 3. This guy has been consistent in getting more and more minutes all year for Boston Played great tonight in a key role in their 120-106 victory over the Toronto Raptors. No, yeah, definitely. And it's actually very disappointing to me because Aaron Neesmith was one of my favorite prospects coming out of the draft, and he, like, can't find his way on the team. He must really just stink. And I know he's had some back problems, too. I don't know if he's still injured. Uh, but Toronto, I think, is kind of the story of the season. It's just so unfortunate because I think the report came out today that they're officially going to be in Tampa Bay for the rest of the year. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Like if they were in Toronto, maybe. But imagine like isolating all season and also isolating not even in your own home. That is like the most depressing thing ever. They're going to keep continue to get stomped. But they do have a lot of like good feel good stories. I mean, Corey Boucher obviously has been one of the biggest pieces on their team. Uh, Pascal Siakam is regressing. So there's a lot of storylines going on there. I don't know how much merit you can have to it. Uh, this was a, a nice win for Boston, a game that they definitely should have won considering the circumstances. But their offense is just not all that fun to watch. I don't know. They're going to struggle. And if they they should have made the finals by now. I don't know who is to blame necessarily. Tatum is always due for one of those like one for 15, two for 13 games in the playoffs. Uh, and the problem with when he has those bad games is the light is still green for him. He will force it and he will miss a lot. So if he can get over that, I think their their term, their term, success long-term will be great. Kemba Walker is going to have to figure things out. He's coming back from injury. He's been really bad. I think he had like a one for 12 game like three days ago. So I know fans on Twitter are not too keen on him. I think he saw himself as the uh, Anthony Davis type to be, look, I played for a bad team my whole career and now watch me shine. It's not working out that great for him so far, but they'll need him if they're going to have any sort of success moving forward. Spence, the Indiana Pacers travel to the Motor City to take on the Pistons uh, in a matchup that, if you remember, more than a decade ago, the Malice at the Palace with uh, Ron Artest and uh, Jermaine O'Neal. That was a Pacers-Pistons matchup. This was nothing like that with no fans tonight. But DeMontis Sabonis led the way for the Pacers with 26 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. The Pacers win 111-95. And then one of the later games tonight, in San Francisco, the Warriors, they move two games above 500. They win the game tonight, 111-105 over the Orlando Magic. Steph Curry for the Warriors, he had a big night. He had 40 points. He was 10-19 from three. He also had eight rebounds and five assists. Spence, the Warriors win by six, but they're so up and down. It's like they win a game, they lose a game, they should win. But, hey, they're they're two games above 500, so they're uh, they're winning a few more than they're losing at this point. No, and I just wanted to say one quick thing about Detroit because it's truly amazing what they've yeah. done with their team in not a good way. This season, this is who they could have in their starting lineup this very season. They could have Tyrese Halliburton, Luke Kennard, Jeremy Grant, Blake Griffin, Christian Wood. Or if you can even say Drummond, they should have never, you know, that should never have happened in the first place the way it did. So the, if that was their starting lineup, I would actually enjoy watching them going forward. And let's say they still get rid of Luke Kennard and they put in Sadiq Bey. I still like Sadiq Bey. So their team is such a hot dumpster fire. I actually like Dwayne Casey as a head coach. I think the fact that he's making them as competitive as they are, because this roster is like equally as bad as the as the Charlotte's roster when they had the worst record in the NBA in that shortened NBA season, I think due to the lockout. Uh, I think they're equally as bad as those teams in the 76ers for a long time uh, during the whole process movement there. Uh, so there actually are in decent spots. I would only take them if they're 10-point dogs. That seems to be when they play the best. They almost never win those matchups, but they always cover. That's kind of my betting ideology for that. And for the Warriors, yeah, I hate them. Uh, <laughs> every single night, you just never know. Uh, but 
when they play any team that's good defensively, I stay away from them. But if they're like in a shootout, I always like to take them because they always Steph Curry's playing on a whole on a whole another level. We've seen him play at MVP before. He's not quite there, but this is going to be one of his highest scoring averages I think we'll ever see from him like for the rest of his career. It's actually really fun to watch. All their games are entertaining, just not when you have money on them. Spence, Friday night always has a big slate in the NBA. A couple games of note. There's two ESPN games. The first one kicking off, I'm sorry, tipping off at 4.30 Pacific time. The Pelicans take on the Mavericks, Zion Williamson and Luka Doncic. The Mavs currently sit as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The Pelicans and the Mavericks have both been a disaster as far as betting. You never know what you're going to get in night in and night out with these two teams against the spread, Spence. Do you lean any way in this matchup? Uh, this is a game I'm staying so far away from. The Pelicans are just not a serious. Uh, I know they're not serious because I put my money where my mouth is. I took Chicago when they played them, I think, yesterday. Uh, and, of course, they won by a lot. They just don't have what it takes to win on a night-in, night-out basis. Where that comes from, I'm not sure. I mean, you could say they're a young team. Zion doesn't seemingly impact winning at all. First of all, he's a liability on the defensive side of the ball. They actually take him out in some circumstances in the last two minutes. I have never heard that about a first overall pick that is like some sort of star player that we're calling him. He has no idea how to play the game. He's just like a more athletic Julius Randle in my mind. Now, Julius Randle's having the best season of his career, obviously, so that might not be the best... Um, uh, like indicator I'm, I'm kind of referring more to like the early stages of his career he's not a great passer he's obviously athletically insane I mean just the, his profile this his size he's still not in the best of shape I don't know where that comes from I think a lot of it comes from like his metabolism and just the way his body's built it's like very difficult for him to do that but the team should be led by Brandon Egram when he's on the floor he does lead them in a sense. I mean, he is very good, but in the locker room, I don't think they have anybody. Lonzo Ball certainly is not going to be that guy. He's more of a celebrity than anything. And Brandon Ingram is just too silent, very much like the Kawhi Leonard type. So they're going to need to build a team uh, very much like the Spurs. And that's just too much of a tall task. Because when Kawhi was on the Spurs, he won because he had all those guys around him. He was the best player on the team. But when it came to the locker room, obviously it's a different story. And when he went to Toronto, Kawhi Leonard, same situation. Marcus Saul, you know, uh, Kyle Lowry, obviously, those guys were part of that franchise. Marcus Saul had led a franchise my entire life before that. Uh, so, how you acquire that much good veteran talent in a short amount of time, I'm not sure, but I don't think the guys that they have now are going to be able to grow up and become some sort of like ultimate playoff team. I just it, look at it every single year, they should be a year better, but they aren't. Spence, the seven o'clock tip off Pacific time, the ESPN game, your Memphis Grizzlies taking on. The L.A. Lakers and Staples Center, the Lakers 20-6 and six on the season. If both teams are at full strength, I don't see a number out here, but I would expect the Lakers to probably be 9.5, 10-point favorites. Uh, would you disagree with that, Spence? No, it'll probably be around that number. Uh, actually, if I had to guess, it'll be 6.5. The Grizzlies have been playing good enough. I think that makes betters nervous. And also the Lakers, when they play great – not great teams. Like when they play good, bad defensive teams like the Thunder, they seem to struggle quite a bit. Uh, I'm not saying that the Grizzlies actually have like nearly as good of a defense as the Thunder, but they always play competitive. They played them twice earlier this season. They've lost two very close games. So I would imagine it would be closer to six and it would be to 10. So somewhere within that range. That being said, Spence, is there a little shot that the Grizzlies could uh, could get the upset tomorrow night? Well, Taylor Jenkins is uh, making his bid for coach of the year. They played very inconsistent, and that's without Jaron Jackson and Justice Winslow. It's so frustrating as a Grizzlies fan to like – wonder what's going on there because they say he's Jaron Jackson they said was going to be ready by the start of the season or around like the beginning of it and Justice Winslow was supposed to be on an earlier timeline than that these guys are doing shoot arounds and stuff uh but they just say there's no timeline like we're almost at all-star break so obviously they're not coming back at the beginning of the season hopefully they're healthy by that time I thought they'd both be playing after their COVID-19 uh problems the Grizzlies but that wasn't the case and through all of it, Taylor Jenkins has kept this team as competitive as can be. As a Grizzlies fan, I'm very happy about this year. I actually hope they continue to lose so we can get a top 15 pick, hopefully top 10. But we'll see. I'm going to be rooting for them to win, hoping that they lose. Spence, let's give uh, LeBron James a lot of credit. Averaging 25 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists on the season. I believe he's played in every game so far this season for the Lakers. Yeah, he has. So, uh, obviously, it's great for um, – 
the uh, Lakers to, I don't know. I mean, he had a better season last year, in my opinion. So I don't know why he's kind of being favorited as the MVP. I, I'm sure if you go for betting odds, you'd probably see that as well. Um, they've been good. Uh, I can't say they haven't been consistent, but they always like play in these close games, a lot of overtime games against the Thunder, against the Pistons. Uh, so they're kind of all over the place right now. I still like to take them uh, betting-wise all the time because they always seem to have close lines because of that. And then they always cover on the back end a lot of the times. Uh, so we'll see what the Lakers can do tomorrow, see if they can sweep their little season series with the Grizzlies. Most likely they will, but I wouldn't put it past the Grizzlies. If they are a 10-point favorite, I am going to be putting money on the Grizzlies. But if it's uh, you know in the 5-6 range, I'd probably stay away. Spence, we're wrapping it up tonight. Um, is there anything you wanted to hit before we get away tonight, or do you want to save it for the next show? We can save it for next show because I, I, I'm interested to get your take on it, you know. Yeah, we'll definitely dive into uh, to some other topics on Tuesday. Uh, so make sure you tune in every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 o'clock Pacific time to the rest stop. If you miss any part of the show live, make sure you check out the podcast version on Google Podcasts, Audio Boom, Spotify. Make sure you search Landry Football Conference Call. The rest stop will be underneath there and go to LandryFootball.com. For Spencer the Wiz, I'm Brad the Believer. You guys have a great weekend. Win all of your bets, and we'll see you back live 9 o'clock Pacific time on Tuesday for the rest stop. Have a great night, everyone. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.